we are live. So we're just gonna, and Melissa's here. Hey, Melissa, what is that? What is she, what is, what is she on? I can't see her anywhere. Are you on StreamYard? Yeah. I uh, go to the comments. Oh. And then, <laughs> hi. Hi. Do I, I guess I don't get to respond, but hi. You can, you can chat in there. You can post a, a comment. Uh-uh, I don't have that option. Oh, you don't? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So after after her high guys, it's just black white all the way down. So at the bottom, you don't see anything? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right, so what we're doing tonight, this is episode eight of Mixed Politics. Welcome everybody. And we're doing a live Q&A. And we had asked you guys to submit questions to us. We did get a couple, but feel free to leave your comments here in the comment section, wherever you're watching, if it's Facebook, YouTube. And by the way, we're streaming on my YouTube channel instead of Mixed Politics YouTube channel. We probably shouldn't go into that story, but YouTube has rules that we didn't follow, or I should say I didn't follow. <laughs> I didn't know about them. I think that the rule that they have that once you enable the live stream option on your channel, you have to wait 24 to 48 hours before you can actually go live. Mm. Pretty sure that's to, I guess, prevent people from creating sock accounts and live streaming really inappropriate things. But for our channel, having been up for a few months, I would have thought that that wasn't necessary, but here we are. So we are... (laughs) We are streaming on my YouTube channel, and then we will post it to the Mixed Politics YouTube this week as our regular episode. So thank you to everybody who submitted your questions. If this is your first time here, if you're catching a live, you're just like, oh, I'm going to go see who's live today. And boom, here we are. This is Mixed Politics, where we have mixed drinks. We talk politics. And uh, we are not party affiliated, either one of us. So we kind of give the we, I'm, we not, give the, I'm not making my drink tonight. I'm just going straight Bailey's. Yeah, you've had a rough day. So tell me what you're drinking, Stainy. Oh, my God. I was so scared. I thought you were going to ask me. So tell me about your rough day. And I'm like, no. No, no. I already <laughs> know about your rough day. Um, <laughs> now, I'm what are you drinking? Bailey's, what is this, Irish cream. So I don't know what's in it. But it's straight? brown. And it's it's got some rum. It's a cousin of rum somewhere. And also, this is my first meal of the day. Dude. This is the first. Actually, I had half a soda, a can of uh, ginger ale. So this is it. So I'm here. I'm ready. And I'm ready to go. What are you drinking, Beth? Let's never talk about me. <laughs> I am drinking a White Claw watermelon. And it's, it's, it's okay. I've had White Claw before. This is not my... basic. I know it is super basic. Um, yeah, I kind of ran out of some of the alcohol in my house. I haven't replenished yet. So yeah, I got my second COVID vaccine this week. And I'm one of those odd people that had a bad reaction to the first one, but I was pretty okay with the second one. So all right, yes. we have uh, Silence for Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yes, you may you ask, ask a question. Whatever you want. If it's appropriate, we'll answer it. Please don't ask any inappropriate stuff because I'm just <laughs> not going to answer it. I'm from the UK. Was the election a fraud? Ooh, do you want to take this one first or do you want me to take it? 
I mean, we both could take it, but I can go first. No, the election was not a fraud. There was nothing fraudulent. Um, the administration, the Trump administration officials that were running the DOJ, the Department of Justice, uh, declared this election the safest and least fraudulent of any recorded um, election in history. So if if those people are, and other people have say, said it, but if those people are saying it, then we don't need to talk to anybody else because their jobs are to monitor cyber attacks, monitor all of these various different things that could affect an election. And they were like, yes, attempts were made by outside adversaries, apparently Iran and China and um, Russia, obviously, because you know that's their pastime. That's what they do on their spare time. But none of them were significant enough to even like be worth a mention. Yeah, I think that a lot of people are are conflating a, a lot of different issues. So when we're talking about the election itself being a fraud, there have been some instances of voting that was not maybe within a relative or an acceptable amount of scrutiny. So some we have different election rules in every state. And within those states, they're run by counties. They have local people, local citizens that are checking the ballots and checking the signatures. So there is some room for there to be mistakes made. But in order for the entire election to be a fraud, we have to have a massive wide scale lot of fraud. And that's just that's not what we saw. With that's impossible. That's impossible when when you have each state running their own election. Yes, exactly. So in, we're talking in, about in different ways. It's not right. like it's not like one centralized election where you could just attack the system. They would have to successfully attack 50 systems. Whoever yes, and... would whoever was doing the fraudulent actions. And that's impossible. Mathematically it's impossible. And it's also impossible to have said that every other election that was on those same ballots was okay, but that the the one national presidential, presidential vote was fraud. That's just not, yeah. It, so it does, the, your, it doesn't make logical sense. It doesn't. So the indication to prove that it was not a fraudulent election is that the only one that was contested was one of the votes that was on an entire ballot full of local yeah. issues. And, ev and every other Senate seat and local seat was accepted as as completely valid. So we can't, if there's one ballot with, 50 different things that you're voting on you can't say that one is bad and the rest are okay so um so but that was a good question the 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 issue that i'm having with the with the and i'm not going to stay too long on this because this is a topic that is it's like somebody asking is the sky orange and then i'm going to have to try to convince you that it's blue i'm not going to do that i'm not going to sit here and do that not any amount of my time but um the issue is that if and people would say that the democrats and it's weird. They can't even use a, a correct verb. The Democrats caused voter fraud or, I don't know, instructed, enabled, did. What verb would you use to enact voter fraud? Whatever. But let's say the Democrats did that successfully and, and got Biden to win and didn't get Trump to win. How did we leave, as a country, Mitch McConnell in, Ted Cruz, um, Lindsey Graham... Like, why, why wasn't the fraud successful in getting those people out? Exactly. We can't, 
we can't have. Now, the the next comment is how did Joe Biden get over 80 million more than Obama, even though Joe Biden did nothing? Those numbers aren't accurate in the question, but I get what you're saying. Um, Joe Biden didn't do nothing, first of all. I voted for Joe Biden. I don't like him. Okay. So it is possible to vote for somebody that you don't like. And a lot of people in this election voted for him, even though they didn't like him because they hated Trump that much. That's just the way elections work in America. You vote for, if you're lucky, you vote for people that you like. If there's nobody that you like, then you got to vote for the least worst option. And more people thought that Joe Biden was less bad than Donald Trump. Okay. Um, but Joe Biden didn't do nothing. I think the Violence Against Women Act is definitely something that he did in his time in in government the, before the, becoming president. So The crime bill was also something that you might appreciate. He also did that. Uh, yeah, there's a but, lot so of... That's two. There's a there's a lot of debate about the crime bill itself, whether it was mm -hmm. good or bad. But I don't like it, but he did. So the argument of him, he he did nothing. Like we just pointed out two things that he did himself. So mm -hmm. it's not nothing. So we're gonna That's move right. on from that. Um, yeah. as 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 for you know whatever people did to win the election legally by our election laws, a lot of them I don't agree with. I don't agree with corporations spending 10 10 million dollars on on a on a candidate but by our election laws whatever they did that resulted in a winner being called a winner yeah. we are we are now in march sorry april holy crap we're in april you I, i'm really not interested in talking about stuff that happened last november so if you still want to cry about it get <laughs> some tissue and go cry about it sorry we just we we have and also not we sorry have... I don't give a shit. Yeah, there's no apology necessary for that. This is what it is. And, um, you know, we had, we've had several elections where we've had two terrible candidates and we had to choose which one we thought was going to be better at running the country for the short term. And that's just where we are. So, yeah, it wasn't, mm -hmm. it wasn't a fraudulent election by the election laws that we had to abide by. Okay, let's see. So there's a lot of chatter here in the comments about Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Yeah, we're not going to rehash that. We've we've already done episodes on that. So you're welcome to go back and look at our prior episodes. Uh, but Melissa's got a comment here, a question. What do you? Who do you think is the most underrated in politics today? I love this question. I love this. Um, I mm. think Tim, Tim Ryan from Ohio is very underrated. He he has done some fire speeches on the House floor. He's from the Youngstown area, so he's very well versed in uh, blue collar workers and what they need. And he's very pro-union. Unfortunately, there are a lot of constituents that he has that are not pro-union. So he's having a little bit of a challenge getting some legislation through that would help. Uh, but he has given some wonderful speeches, just, just completely calling out the rest of the politicians in that room. I think a lot of us are disappointed that politicians aren't more candid in how they feel. Tim Ryan is a, a candidate that speaks his mind, and I agree with a lot of what he says, and I think he's very underrated. Most people don't know who he is. Staney, do you have one? Um, no, because you know why? And I, I don't, because I was thinking of people while you were talking, but I don't, because I don't like this kind of question, personally. And and I appreciate Melissa. She's wonderful. because She is it, wonderful. It, I think because it's questions like this that results in the current state of politics that we are living in right now. It's like, who do you all think is the most underrated in politics today? That sounds like a question between like two sports fans. 
Like, which wide receiver do you think is most underrated today? Like, you know, is, is it Odell Beckham? Is it whatever, whatever? And it turns politicians into these, like, caricatures or, like, superstar figures um, where it's like, the, I'm, I can't remember the post, but the one guy was saying was just like, people think of politicians as like, as like religious beliefs or like, you know, who do you believe more? Or who do you think is mm -hmm. underrated? Or who do you think is a star or whatever? And it's, it's like, subjective. this is this is the reason why we had a movie star or sorry, a TV star end up be, being president because we are all for, as a collective, and I'm even including myself because I fall prey to it sometimes where we are all for the show, the pony show, the, the song and dance. Like, who's more, like, you know, Joe Biden gets called Sleepy Joe or uh, Jeb Bush, you know, he's low energy. It's like, I don't give a crap if somebody wants to sleep or be low energy or not be fun or not be whatever. Can you do the job that we sent you to do? Mm -hmm. So exactly. in, terms of, in terms of underrated as a, as a person or a politician, I don't really know. If you ask me who was doing a terrible job, then man, I could give you a wonderful <laughs> answer. Or if you ask me who was doing a great job, or you know, which up and coming person is 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 doing the most, you know, maybe so, like a young senator or somebody. Maybe let me ask you the question this way: Who is the number one politician in the House or Senate that if that you that you like to the point that um, that you you wouldn't just let them get hit by a bus if you saw it coming. You you'd actually push them out of the way so they didn't get hit by a bus because you you appreciate them that much. Is, is that is that a better yeah. way to ask? All right, Adam Schiff. Adam really? Schiff in the house. I really like his no nonsense um, answers to questions and his the the way he the way he argues logically especially when he's on these, you know, shows with the pundits and analysts and stuff like that, you know, he'll say stuff that I guess partisan politics wouldn't want him to say, but he'll say it because it's true. And I started having a deeper respect for him because he, he was doing that. Whereas it's like, man, why are you saying that? That's not going to be good for the party. And he's like, he's up there just like, I don't care. This is the truth. Straight face. And I'm like, well, okay. All, okay. all right. I'll take that. Yeah, that makes sense. And his name doesn't get called up much because he's in the house. Right. And people in, people in the house, like we have over 400 congressmen, congresswomen, congresspeople in the house. And like a lot of people know AOC and mm -hmm. maybe Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, like like the ho people in the house don't really get like Jim Jordan. Ah. Like on 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 average, you can name about ten people who were in the house. Well, what is what does that tell you though? That those are the people that are in front of the camera most of the time. Right. The people Which in front of the means... camera most of the time are the are the senators in 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 the in the higher chamber. Well, no, but even people in the house, the ones that people know about, are the ones that are on camera all the time, not actually yeah. doing their job, but just being on camera and doing just, interviews and stuff. Right. You right. Know? <laughs> So yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, again, we, we are not party affiliated here. Neither one of us are, are fans of the Democrats or the Republicans. So, so I see we do have some trolls. Stanley, we've made it. We've got trolls, man. 
um, it's it's entertaining to see people who are very um, let's just say clingy to a party. That's not how we are here. We're going to be critical of anybody if they're doing mm -hmm. dumb shit, and we're not going to be critical. We're going to give applause for people who do good things. So let me ask you a question. What was the first election you voted in and who did you vote for? I already know the answer to this because we talked about it a few weeks ago, but a lot of, yeah. since we haven't talked about it in our episodes, probably most people that listen to us don't know the answer to that question for either of us. I'm, tr I'm trying, I'm trying to remember what I, what I told you so that I don't like. Well, just say the truth. You don't have to. No, no, you know. it's, it's, it's. Just wow. which which election did you first vote for for a president? I'm, I'm think I I think and I could be mistaken. I think I might have voted for the whole John Kerry George Bush thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but the first election that I like, because I, I think at that point it was just like basic duty, and I don't remember. I don't even remember the line. I don't remember if I filled out a ballot, and mailed it in. But the first election I actually went and voted in was the first trump election i think so before i left because i watched the election in another country like election night i wasn't even here but i think i voted before i left i can't remember beth that was so far that was so long ago doesn't it seem like forever ago it does i definitely remember voting in this one though i know where i went i remember <laughs> I um Hi, Alyssa. I, de I, I definitely to... voted the previous election. I remember I went to Morse Road and I voted there. Yeah. If that was the first one. Um, then it was not for Trump because I have a brain. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then and but if that wasn't the first one, then it would have been it would have been Kerry. I know for a fact though, I can tell you, I never voted for Obama either time. That was the part that shocked me. Why did it shock you? Just because I think it's just assumptions people make because I thought because you know so much about politics, I assumed mm. that you voted in those elections. So oh, you, and just given, a lot of people given... think too, they'll be like, oh, he's black and it's the first black president. So it's whatever, whatever. And I was just like, no, I read the policies that were trying to, you know, off the time. Mm -hmm. And I just I just wasn't motivated. I just wasn't interested at the time. Like I, I was following politics, not as much as I am now, but I wasn't interested. Mm -hmm. And plus. It was kind of like, it was kind of like a gimme. The first one was against who? Uh, Herman? No. No, John McCain. Um, John McCain, not Herman mm -hmm. Cain. John McCain. <laughs> yeah. And then the second one was against uh, Mitt Romney. Yes. Okay. It's like that. That's it's why. Like, it's, like, it's like it's like Michael yeah. Jordan versus Sam Cassell. Yeah, that's why like, I would have thought it. Whether you watch or not, Jordan's going to win. Well, eh, I don't know. Mitt Romney had a decent shot. John McCain, not so much. I think he probably would have had a better shot if the yeah, economy yeah. hadn't crashed. But yeah, um, I have to admit, the first election I voted in was in 2000, and I voted for George W. Bush. I was a hardcore conservative back then. Uh, and that's that's why I have a good perspective on not just how Democrats think, because I do lean left to center, but yeah. I used to be a conservative Republican, diehard conservative Republican back in my college days. So 
I was in that world. I, I know the talking points. I know, I, I know it because I lived it and I felt it at the time. So, um, yeah, I voted for George W. Bush in 2004 as well. But 2000 was my first presidential election that I voted in. Wow. And yeah, it, it, who, who were who were they? Was it John Kerry and George Bush? In 2004, yeah. In 2000, it was 2000? Bush, Bush and Gore, the one that was contested, and then oh. didn't, we didn't know who won until December of that year. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's that. That's so so funny. Um, and that wasn't too long ago. That was only only because we're old. 21 years ago, right? Um, <laughs> it's only 21 years ago. But like people who are, I guess, maybe new to politics, they're just like they expected this previous election to be done, like you know. Friday morning or or the same week or the same day or same night. And it's like we had an election in the past two decades where we didn't know for two where a month and a half or two months right. until until Janet Reno decided to to muck it up and for for wait, edgy tossed tossed it to join the Florida debacle. Oh that wasn't Janet Reno. What that was uh Catherine Harris. She was the attorney general in, or secretary of state in Florida, the one that made the final decision. It was to, so, so. Why was Reno's name getting thrown around in the mud? I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. Um, and you know, it went to the Supreme Court, and right. they decided to stop counting the votes. So, yeah, what a mess. But I have a whole scrapbook that I made back that's then. Not, that's so weird. That the it's so funny that that happened and we had the experience of that 21 years ago yeah. and people expected like the same, like people were hoping for that in this election. They were mm -hmm. just like, you know, it was going to, it's going to go to the Supreme court and the Supreme court's going to give the win to, to Donald Trump. And like, cause he had already appointed three of his buddies, you know? And like this time the Supreme court was just like, we don't want it. We don't, we don't even want it to come here. Right. We because don't it was want it to figure it, it out somewhere else we don't it want was it embarrassing here. the last yeah. time it happened it was embarrassing they right. didn't want to have to deal with that again and by the way some of those uh, court cases state court cases that went to the supreme court were mm -hmm. declined thumbs down from even the trump appointees they said get out of here with your fraudulent stuff it's not fraud so boom you're gone yeah. it's already been litigated many many times i want to say hi Alyssa. she's here she's watching on my YouTube channel. Um, Alyssa and I are in a, a couple of discords together. So, mm. all right. Next question. Is there any event that sparked your passion for politics? If so, what was it? Melissa you, coming in with a great questions today. You go. Me? Okay. Let me think. I'm trying to decide which one to tell because I could go really deep with one of these. Um, Okay, let me say there was an issue that I've been on both sides of. Mm -hmm. I used to be very, very, very pro-life. And I was mostly because I was heavily influenced by my the religion that I was a part of at the time and heavily influenced by the people I hung around with. And I didn't fully understand that being pro-life does not mean, or actually say being pro-choice does not mean pro-abortion. I didn't know that at the time. So I thought that if I personally wouldn't ever want to get an abortion, that I had to be pro-life. Now I know mm. a lot more. So I am pro-choice, but what changed my mind 
and this is what sparked my passion for politics um, when I really got deep into it. Because I've I've been a fa- I've been politically involved since I was 20 years old, but it wasn't until my mid 20s that I became pro-choice, and that was because of a personal event that happened in my life, and I finally got it. I finally understood that it's not up to me to choose for somebody else what they want to do in that situation. So I would say that was when things clicked for me. And I realized that being involved in politics doesn't have to be a terrible thing. It's about the the issues that mean the most to you because of a personal impact or an impact to somebody in your life, or that you just have the empathy necessary to fight on behalf of other people. And so I would say the pro-life, pro-choice argument or issue was what really sparked my passion to bring empathy into the equation and make sure that I leverage my voice to fight for people, regardless of whether it impacts me personally. So can I can I comment on that and ask you follow questions on that, right? Yeah, of course. Why why do you think that at that point in your life before the switch? Um, for you and a lot, millions of American people, that something that's a private decision between the woman and her significant other, would-be father of the child or whatever, and her primary care provider, doctor, OBGYN, whatever, whatever. Why do you think that an issue that involves only those people is a national political issue where people have to take sides on? And before you answer, I'd like to point out that I think that is stupid as fuck. Yeah, I agree. It is. It because is stupid. you don't get to decide if I if I drink orange juice with pulp or not. But we have on the ballot if you should have a kid aborted or not. Personal issues are not political issues. That's always been my stance. But for but but for stupid people, it it is, and I don't know why. Like just look at an issue and be like, is this? Is this dealing with actual government issues or is this a personal issue for this person? If it's personal, leave it personal. It ain't got nothing to do with me. I, I wouldn't say it's just stupid people because there's a lot of very intelligent people that are passionate about one side or the other uh, and want to make it a political issue, not because they're stupid, but because they they don't necessarily understand what it's what it means to be in that position and it is it is a very very deeply emotional issue for people mm-hmm. who want to save the babies i i get it i understand why they think yeah, that abortion is wrong then go join I a nonprofit it. and save the babies what does that have to do with congress well it because shouldn't. it's about control that's really what it is We've talked about this in one of our prior episodes that the Republican Party currently, and I would say this goes back about 20 to 30 years, they don't have issues that are actually designed to improve Americans' lives. They are on the the, the cultural issues. This is one of them. So when you have nothing else to really push and you have mm-hmm. nothing that really is going to, they, they don't have infrastructure plans they don't have any, they, they go for the culture wars. Abortion is part of the culture war. And so what they, what they know, it's not just what they think, what they know is that they can pull on the heartstrings of people. That gets them to the ballot box. They don't have to have workable issues that improve unions or improve the working conditions in, in corporate America. They're not targeting that. They're going straight for the gut and they're saying, save the babies. 
And this this does mm. not have to do but with that, saving my, babies. That, well, see, and that, let me tell you why I call those people stupid, and I'm going to stick with it, because there's a political term that's called useful idiots. It's political. It's how can I make you serve my cause without it being benefit to you at all? And then you rush to the poll and go serve my cause. If you want to look at it, if people are online, just Google right now. Useful idiot. Wikipedia will tell you it's a political tool. So mm -hmm. these people are using idiots to, to, to gain their thing. And so th the politicians think they're idiots. So why shouldn't I? That's, right. that's the difference is that I don't think that they're idiots, but the politicians do. That's a very good distinction to make. They do yeah. think that they're idiots and they really exploit their emotional um, mm -hmm. They exploit the emotion, exploit the emotions of this issue because they yeah. know it gets people to the ballot box. So I, I guarantee you, any of these politicians that are making a big deal about being pro-life, I guarantee you that more than half of them would probably go get this procedure for their teenage daughter if she ended up pregnant, unwed. I, I guarantee you they would because it's not about what they personally believe; it's about what they mm -hmm. can exploit to stay in power. It's about control. And so somebody has just asked, what's my view on abortion? And I don't know, Stan, if you want to answer that. But me personally, I literally do not know if I would get one or not. I don't know. But that's not the point. The point my, is, it's not I up to answer. me to decide for anybody else. And that's I, that's the whole point of being pro-choice is that despite what I personally would do, yeah. I haven't been in, I, I mean, I've been in the position of, oh my God, what if? Because I was sexually assaulted in December of 2006. Full disclosure, sorry about not getting in. A trigger warning before that. But that was what changed my mind because I finally understood that even though I, I didn't get pregnant from that incident, I finally understood that, oh my God, I may, maybe I would, what would I do? I was what? never faced with that decision, but I finally got it that it's, it's not about what I personally feel. It's about me deciding mm. that for myself with the privacy of my doctor, period. Okay. So I can answer for the, for the, for the fucking world to record. My view on abortion is I don't care. <laughs> that's no, I think that's it, a, that's does a... it look like I can have a fucking abortion? That's like mm -hmm. asking me if I if I prefer um pads to tampons. <laughs> I don't Good fucking answer. care, dude. I don't care. Good answer. So so I don't go to the ballot pretending to care about shit that I don't fucking care about. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I do not care. Right. So I don't, I refuse. I'm a live and die and not form an opinion. If you want to go have an abortion, go have one. If you don't want to go have an abortion, don't have one. Right. That's the crux of the issue is that you make the decision on your own. And the way to decrease the instances of people requiring abortion is to make, make sure that they're educated about how this works. Most people, I, I, I guarantee it, you, you know, most, you know, most I, people sure you don't hear. know. Most people don't know how a woman's cycle works, let alone when she can get pregnant. And we could also have a whole separate discussion so, about what happens when men are asking for sex and, and their significant other turns them down. Do they get mad? I, Probably. But they shouldn't because that's her choice to say no. And if she doesn't say no, you might end up needing an abortion. So it's all related. So I'm sure you can hear like the frustration in my voice because like our our podcast is called Mixed Politics. The channel is called Mixed Politics. The Q&A is called Mixed Politics Q&A. And we're here talking about a social private issue that that is maxed between three to four people. That's not politics, people. That's how mm -hmm. they got you in your, in, in, in your brain thinking dumb shit. It's really, really frustrating and annoying. It's like when, like when, like if, if a policeman shoots an unarmed person in the street 
and then there's an uproar and then there's riots or whatever, right? And people come in and people are giving their opinions or whatever. You have people that look at that and they're just like, oh, I don't get into politics. What part of this motherfucker got like shot somebody is political. It shouldn't be political. That's murder. That's not political. Right, exactly. It, what it, makes it, it political so, is the media. It's frustrating to me to see that America takes issues like humanitarian crisis and make it political. Yes. Abortion, make it political. Uh, police excessive use of force or murder of unarmed citizens. And this is like, oh, it's political. Because one party decides to stand up for people and their lives or whatever. And the other party is just like, you know, let's use these useful idiots. If you find yourself asking questions about people's preferences on private and or social issues when it comes to politics, you are who American politicians refer to as a useful idiot. And you can stop this yourself. Right. It's about just turning inward to what do I personal, what would I do? And that's all that matters. What would I do? I don't need to be worrying about what other people would do. Um, hi, Kristen. Hi, Angie. Is that thanks just, for joining just, us? Just to cap off, it's just like you know. Oh, I don't. The people in the weirdest statements. It's like I don't believe in gay marriage, or I don't like. All right. Oh, I don't believe in the Easter Bunny. My kids do. Mm -hmm. Some people believe in the shit. Some people don't. That's not political. Right. Keep it to your damn self. Nobody else. <laughs> you know I mean? Fuck. A lot of the things that we talk about are um, on our podcast really relates to how people discuss these things. And mm -hmm. we do work, we, we work in our personal opinions on certain stuff. But the main topics that we discuss are how the media is covering things. And then we try to break it down and show how it's crap, how yeah. the media spins stuff. And, and it's because the media is profit driven. Uh, they need ratings to make profit. And therefore, that's what it, they have to stir people's emotions up. So they basically have recently, the mainstream media has taken what politicians used to do just in local news broadcasts. And now they've splashed it out for everybody to see 24 hours a day. It's, make, yeah. it's continuing to make all this stuff political when it really shouldn't be. That's not like whenever I hear somebody say, you know, I don't get involved in politics or whatever, whatever. And then I and then I press just a little just to find out what, what you think politics is. Because right now, politics to me is the filibuster. Are we getting the infrastructure bill passed? Um, right now they have it at uh, apparently the jobs for American jobs plan is a huge deal. Um, that also includes the infrastructure. And they're talking about it's possibly. So this week, earlier this week, some politicians said that it's going to increase jobs by like 9.37 million but then other research companies came in and it was just like no it's going to be about 2.37 million so a lot of the democrats that were supporting the bill had to be backtracking like oh we didn't mean 9 million we only meant 2 million but maybe in the future it could and that kind of that's politics to me mm -hmm. that's politics to me right Should we have kids in cages that ain't politics but, right. politics, but politics can fix that Yes. Right. Should yes. we be having abortion or not? That's not politics. And politics cannot fix that. Because I promise you, well before medical procedures for actual abortion, men were kicking women downstairs, punching them in the gut. There was hangers being used. I can give you a list of horrific ways that you can 
do your in-home unsafe about to kill everybody abortion. That's not yep. politics, man. Yeah, just banning something doesn't make it go away. You have to, if you want to lessen an instance of whether it's people using guns to shoot a whole crowd of people or yeah. people getting abortions, if you want to lower the necessity or what people think is a necessity to have those things, mm -hmm. you need to take away their desire for it in the first place. Yeah. And, and so if you want abortion to go away, banning it doesn't make it go away. What makes it go away is people not getting pregnant. And if by not getting pregnant, that means making sure they have access to birth control, making sure that they're educated about how their cycle works, but making the, sure the that same, people aren't pressured into having sex when they don't want it. The same people who are against abortion are the same people who are against Planned Parenthood. Yeah. That provides contraceptives. Right. Like it's just so confusing. Like sometimes I'm sometimes I like I'm really excited about politics sometimes, but I don't I'm not excited about the people's perception of what politics is. Mm -hmm. I'm but not like politics here. politics to me is the stuff that's talked about on the Senate floor. And I promise you, the funny part about it is abortion hardly ever gets brought up. Nope. Watch it. No, they do that on the campaign trail and like yes. on the fucking stump when they're yelling at their constituents. And then they get to Washington and they're dealing with infrastructure, the military, the budget, you know, the how we're going to deal with um, student loan repayment, et cetera, et cetera. It's like it's like all of the stuff that they get you riled up about that you you like you really think what you know, matter of fact, just go anywhere. Google and Google Mitch McConnell and abortion. He doesn't even talk about it. He don't care. No, he really doesn't. He don't care about no But it gets people to the polls. So you're right. They do talk yeah. about it on the campaign trail. Me Melissa said we shouldn't be debating human rights. We should be debating how to budget to solve problems like infrastructure and climate change. And I agree. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, the state of our roads, the state of our airports, the state of our hospitals, whether they're public um, hospitals, you know, things of that nature. That's, that's you know, if, if we can get new better buses if we can widen the roads if we can get high speed rail like every other developed nation in this world can move you from new york to chicago in like three hours on yep. land yes. we can't do that here because we no. have legally we have made bribery legal and called it lobbying that's <laughs> politics yes right <laughs> totally so for the rest of the night Please don't ask me about any goddamn social issues that I don't care about because I'm not, I'm just, I'm going to be this and I might cuss you out. I don't care. <laughs> um, somebody asked Angie Schwan, is that, is that yes. a family member of yours? Yes, she's my beautiful sister. Did I say it correctly? Is it Angie? Yes. Yes. Okay. Angie Schwan asked, who is my favorite president? I don't have a favorite president, Angie, because I don't see them as like sports stars. I see them as people who are supposed to be doing the bidding of 250 to 350 million people um so mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not i'm not a fan of of presidents matter of fact i haven't i voted for presidents and, I, and none of them that i voted for were i a fan of would not have invited them to my home would not have <laughs> sat down and ate with them unless i didn't have nothing else to do i wouldn't seek them out not a fan but historically if i were to choose one because you're asking the question and i have to answer <laughs> um, Eisenhower, and the the and and people would look at that and be like, "Oh, he's a Republican." He's like, "Yeah, he was a Republican when Republicans were liberal." 
Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's that's, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, read read the Republican platform from 1954. Yeah. Or ni- 1956, sorry. It'll it's, it'll it's shock all you. about it's all about getting immigrants to come because they got Einstein to come over and like, you know, but Eisenhower and 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 it's for one reason. When I was a child, I learned that the interstate system was created by Eisenhower or maybe his administration. Mm-hmm. And the interstate system was such that for every X amount of road, I don't remember what the number was, for every X amount of road on an inter- interstate, there has to be one mile of of dead straight. And I learned that when I was like nine or 10. For every, however long an interstate is, every certain interval, there needs to be one mile of just straight. And the reason for that was, if there was ever another world war, a World War III, and I think maybe it was probably using World War II, I'm not sure, don't quote me. But if there was ever another world war, we needed to land planes at the ready. Hmm. So we needed one mile of pretty much runway gotcha. for them to land planes. And I, when, I, when I read about that as a kid, I was just like, this motherfucker's spitting. <laughs> he literally turned the whole country into a fucking runway. That's yeah. awesome. Like you won't have a problem refueling, you won't have a problem landing, or there's a trouble or whatever. Just land it under the highway, and I'm like, bro, no one else thought of this anywhere in the world. That guy's a star. This is the kind of stuff that we should be that we should be using the infrastructure bill for. So anybody who's talking about the the implications of the infrastructure bill being just something way too costly for us and it's mm-hmm. not necessary, it's liberal pet projects. Well. Eisenhower built the infrastructure that we use every day. Yeah. Amazon would not be able to deliver packages. FedEx would not be able to deliver packages in five days or less and if we, we didn't have an interstate highway system. Any airplane on any highway in America. I never knew. I never knew that. That's pretty oh, awesome. I, if you think I'm lying, Google it. I was like, what? That's, that's pretty awesome. So hardcore. But that's just because, despite what party they belonged to, they wanted to improve they America. To make the country better. Yes. Right exactly. now, we, we have a party that is too scared to make the country better. And another party is just like, no. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You, you, you want to give all the kids nutritional food in their schools? No. Yeah. Just no. Why? Because it'll increase our taxes. It's like, when in history has ever taxes ever gone down? In the history of this country. Under has Reagan. Has ever been a time? Under Reagan. Yeah. Under Reagan? Mm-hmm. Oh, so the taxes went down under Reagan, but mm-hmm. the national deficit and the debt went... Do you want to know why? Because he, he basically pork-barreled his way into those tax cuts. He was mm-hmm. he was bribing people, saying, I'll give you this pet project if you do tax cuts. So, so yeah. the Who interstate... your favorite president? Who's my All favorite right, president? This is really hard for me to answer because I, I have a couple. And I get what you mean by not being like, you know, being a fan of presidents, because you're right, they should be above that. We should be voting for people that are willing to do the job. And I kind of think that Joe Biden is like this. Call him Sleepy Joe. He can sleep all fucking day if he wants to, he's because he's a, not he's out there right making now. headlines. Yeah, he's he's doing the job. That's what I want in a president is to is to just put head down, do the job, not be standing in front of cameras, grandstanding all day long. So Can you because, imagine that Joe Biden has not been on one golf trip since January 20th? Obviously, not he's not surprised. working. Right. Obviously. Surprised. Um, but 
so it's it's if I'm going to go the route of the president is a person who does the job, does not make headlines, just ha- his purpose is to guide the American people. My favorite is Jimmy Carter because that's exactly what he did. He is a very unpopular president because he yeah. didn't get flashy things done. But but he he saw him his his part of that job was to was to stay out of people's lives, inspire them to want to do better. He put solar panels on the roof of the White House, which were then taken down by Reagan. But he was setting an example. He saw himself as a leader, a leader that leads by example. And that's what I think every president should do. Don't expect the American people to do anything that you wouldn't do yourself. And he led by example. Allow me to cut you right there because that cuts into the heart of where we're living right now. You say lead by example. And almost everybody knows leaders lead from the front. You out there first with sleeves rolled up doing it. I will remind you that on January 6th, the then president riled up thousands of people and said, we are going to go march down Pennsylvania Avenue. We are going to the Capitol and we are going to whatever. And then he jumped into the beast and went to the White House and watched five people get killed on TV. On TV. Yeah, he sat and watched TV. Um, yeah, that, that is not what a leader does. Uh, that ain't it. That's a cult that leader. It. That's what a cult leader does. That's not what a presidential leader does. <laughs> so so, so I like that Jimmy Carter knew that he was never going to ask the American people to do something that he wouldn't also do. He cut energy expenses at the White House. He turned the lights off. He said, I can work by candlelight if I need to. He set the example. So I like him for that. Now, if I'm talking about what most people like in a president, the mm-hmm. you know the good looks and the the well spokenness, and the then obviously the, the charm, cowboy hat, the cowboy hat, and the horse. <laughs> I am not going to say Reagan. Reagan is the first. Now, I was born under the Carter administration, but too young to really, you know. Mm-hmm. So Reagan was the president that I grew up with as a child. I like that he was a good communicator, but his policies were so destructive that I can't even say that I like him anymore. I have to go back to uh, Kennedy. I mean, he really inspired a nation. He was he was really inspirational. He, he was. I mean, he was the one who said, we're going to get to the moon. And everybody was like, are you fucking crazy? We can't do that. And he goes, you know, we're going to get to the moon. You know what I love about the inspiration of getting to the moon, even though it was, you know, us against the Soviets and the space race or whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. is... His motivation, his motivational speech to the country, it was so simple that yes. even like a third grader could understand. And yes. that's what that's what made him so inspirational. He didn't get up there with big words, with, you know, $3 words. He wasn't ostentatious. Mm-hmm. That's a $3 word. <laughs> and, and he literally said, we are going to do this not because it is easy, but because it is hard. I love that and, line. And we do hard things. Yes. And he was that right. Was it. And I was like, that's, that's the inspiration that people need today, I think. And that speech has been floating around on social media for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Because people look at things and say, oh, that's too hard. We can't do that. And Kennedy was was the guy who was like, we do things because, because they are hard. They're hard because that's what America wants to be. That's who we should be is the country that does the hard shit 
before everybody else does. And now yeah. we're the ones who are like, well, we can't do that. We've never done that before. Most of That's the reason. And wait, 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 let me give, let me give you the talking points. Where are we going to get the money? Right. Right. Man, Back to gotta... my comment. Go ahead. Money. <laughs> Go on. Back to my comment about Tim Ryan and how I think he's one of the most underrated politicians today. Mm. He stood up and he blasted the Republicans in the House. Just recently, he gave a speech and he said, when all you people wanted these tax cuts for the corporations, not a single one of you asked where we were going to get the money. But then, then the economy crashed and all you people are looking for handouts for all these businesses. And now we're trying to actually do something for the people. And you're like, where are we going to get the money? That's why I like him because he lays it out. That's exactly the truth that That's the only guy, time, Tim Ryan. The, Tim Ryan, the only time people ever ask where are we going to get the money is it's when, when, it, it's, when it's for people. Yes. When it's for the American and, yo, people and not what, for. You know, so if you look at. All right. So. The military budget is about 27% of our budget. It's not even the whole thing. It's 27%, I think, the last time I checked. The current budget proposal for the Pentagon is $753 billion. And let me just let you know, people who are listening, the budget for the Pentagon always gets passed. Always. Always, 100% of the time. If somebody had come in and say, you know what? We want $1.3 for the Pentagon. They would just go, okay. Every mm -hmm. time. So what I want you to do is I want you to take that number, 753, and divide it by 365. That is how much money the Pentagon spends per day. Mm-hmm. That's over $2 billion per every single goddamn day. They wake up and go to work at 4 a.m. And by 9 a.m., they will have spent $2.3 billion. And it's somebody's job to make sure that the checks get sent out, the money gets paid, whatever, whatever. So yep. you mean to tell me that we can find $2 billion a day for 27% of the budget? But stupid motherfuckers keep asking, where we going to get the money? Mm -hmm. Same place we get $2 billion a day and, from our taxes. Yes. And nobody wants to be the first to stand up and say that there's wasteful spending at the Pentagon or that we could cut the defense budget. You know, want to know why? Because Ronald Reagan beat it into our heads as a collective mm. society that we have to be the strongest, we have to have greater defense than any other nation on this earth because I, of the, the because of the Soviet scare. He, I understand he that. leveraged that, but I'm just explaining that. It well, just well, why, why is, is it much? The next country is like the next country spends 200 billion. We spend 753. Like we couldn't spend 350? We couldn't spend 4, 5, That's, 6, but, 650, 680. Like we we really got to get to eight hundred? No, but that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, over time, at every opportunity when we when anybody with a, a half a brain could look at it and say we spend way too much on defense, not a single person has the balls to stand up and say that we spend too much on defense. What they do yeah. is just increase, increase, increase. Because I, go back and look at any of the the policy platforms, any of the the campaign trail nonsense that happens in prior elections. 
if mm-hmm. anybody voted down a defense spending bill, they would have their, gotten their completely, it's the career's over. So people, politicians want to stay in office. They want to stay in power. So they have to say yes, 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 which means we have a lot of wasteful spending. And every time there is a, um, let's, what was that jet that was just built a couple of years ago that was the completely, F-35, the F-35 to this day, still can't fly. All of that was wasted money. $1.9 trillion. If this were a corporation, obviously the board would look at that and say, okay, well, we can decrease our budget because we spent way too much and it didn't do anything for us. But again, nobody wants to be the person that says no to defense spending. That's why it just keeps increasing, wasteful Mm -hmm. spending, no revisiting. Everybody says thumbs up to everything they want. I know you probably don't get involved with this, but I do because I, I like the geopolitics. I like the international politics as it relates to us. But just so you know, especially since you brought up that jet, China, about six, five years ago, completed their version of the F-35 jet. It is flying. I'm sorry. I said it. They have three versions of it. They have one that's, that's, that, that can take off regular. It flies down the runway and takes off. They have another one that can take off vertically. It has a massive fan like underneath it. So it can land anywhere it wants, like a helicopter. And then there's another one. So they have three versions of the same F-35, same stealth capabilities, same bombing capabilities, same speed, same range or whatever. They completed and finished it. And I want to let you know that China's military budget annually is 280 billion dollars oh my god and they have jets that we don't have it's because they they're they're driven more by results by results. they're driven yes they're driven by results whereas americans are driven by what makes them feel good or feel bad it's all about feelings it's not about truth it's not about reality i know a lot about that these past yeah. few months so I'm, I'm glad that Lex was able to be here for a little bit. She couldn't stay, but she's going to watch the replay. Thanks, Lex. Appreciate you coming. Yes, definitely. All right. Yes. So we got... Alyssa, there are a lot of issues that become political and are fueled by fear because mm-hmm. fear is a very useful tool to use against useful idiots. Mm-hmm. See, if, see, if everybody... And I, I, and I know this is very, what is the word, pompous or arrogant of me. If everyone was to think like me for just a second, and every single time somebody asked you about an issue that they claim is political, but you know for a fact before you even answered that it's not, if you were just like, I don't care, then they couldn't make it political. True. That's a very good point. Right. Well, I think that a lot of people are so, for for lack of a better term, self-absorbed when it comes to their politics. Mm. They vote for things that impact them personally. I vote for things that don't necessarily impact me. Yeah. Because because to me, like you said, it's not political. It's about what's the right thing to do. What is the the greatest good for the greatest number of people? I don't have to personally be impacted by something to know that it's good for society. And mm. I will give you the perfect example. I do not have children. I will not have children but I still pay all of my taxes that go to support local schools. Do you want to know why? Because I want an educated society because there's nothing worse than the high cost. I think Barack Obama said this. He's like, if you think that, uh, that public schools are expensive, wait till you see the cost of ignorance. It's true. I mean, it is very expensive and it's, yeah, it's heavy, but it's so true because yes, it costs a lot for our kids to be educated in this community, Mm -hmm. but it's worth it. 
because if they're educated, they can do something with their lives. They can have something, they can have a life, they can have a yeah. future. And I don't have to have children to know that it's the right thing to do to educate other people's children. And that's just the, the one example of, of how I vote. It's about what is going to benefit my community and my country and the world, which is again, why I like Jimmy Carter, because look at what he's done with his life after he was president. I he's don't know why building... people hate that guy so much. They, they, they hate him because they're think, thinking politically, not from a humanistic standpoint. Mm. And he's a he's a he was the one that human. gave up his peanut farm, mm -hmm. right? He gave up his peanut farm to be president because he didn't want a conflict of interest or even the the optics of a conflict of interest. And so we just had a president that was forcing foreign diplomats to stay at his hotel so that they could milk the yes. coffers. I and, I don't enrich like his that. pockets. That's so right. wild. Exactly. So, Angie had another question. Do you guys think we can regain our global standing with Biden or did Trump ruin it for good? That's a good question. <laughs> um, I think that there's, it's not going to be within Biden's term that we're going to regain our standing. I, I think it's going to take time because Trump did a number on our, you know, but he wasn't the only one. I mean, there were some things during the Obama administration that really harmed our reputation. Yeah. There were things that George W. Bush did that really harmed our reputation. So I think that Trump was just the the most recent example of what happens when you just have a large child yeah. come into the room and just start grabbing people's shit and taking everything. Then everybody's upset and everybody knows that there's no rules. Also, so, he was the loudest. That, that's the yes. thing. Okay. He so, was so, the loudest. So let's, mm -hmm. let's, let's go back further than your question, Angie. We had weapons of mass destruction that we were looking for and that apparently had nothing to do with 9-11 because if you remember, out of the 27 hijackers, I believe 19 or more were from Saudi Arabia. We have never dropped a bomb on Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hey, we have empirical proof that the people who killed 3,000 of our people are from Saudi Arabia. But then we go over there, we put our gold chains and we are oh, King Salman and, you know, whatever, whatever. We have never held them accountable. They killed Khashoggi the, um, and just to jump back. Jamal Khashoggi, here, yep. They killed the journalists. And it's just like, well, Trump was just like, oh, we don't know. They said it's not him. And then Biden comes in there and Biden's, you know, open, opened up the investigation. It's like, yes, it was y'all. But that, that that's it. It was just, it was, hey, we know it was you guys. Mm -hmm. That is it. No sanctions, no nothing. And we're quick to sanction Iran and we're quick to sanction Somalia and we're quick to sanction whatever. We just throw out sanctions. But when it comes to when it comes to the king of OPEC, when it comes to Saudi Arabia, can't touch those guys. And it's 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 a problem for me. So we had that situation where it's like, all right, so these people bombed our country or flew planes into our buildings. And what we did instead was bomb Afghanistan. <laughs> and it's like, hey, hey, hey. The Saudis, the, the Saudis crashed the towers. Yeah, but we're going to go to Afghanistan. And then it's like, well, we're in Afghanistan. Well, we got all these troops over here and ain't shit in Afghanistan except poppy fields. My dad had a little pissing contest with um, Saddam Hussein and he lost. And I don't like my dad losing. So I tell you what, I heard they got weapons of mass destruction. Let's go in there and kill 1.3 million Iraqis, civilians. And we did that. So 
those things lowered our standards way before we were at now or standing sorry those things lowered our standing in the global community especially when you have the president of the united states george bush at the time getting up on a microphone and going well those weapons of mass destruction got to be somewhere